Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Okay, welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. I am your host, Jerry Serino. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight. Uh, I um, am really excited for my, my guest tonight. Uh, she is an international speaker on the topic of abortion and healthy relationships. She's also the founder of Relationships Matter. My guest is Tony McFadden. Tony, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's great to see you. So um, you. I, I, I've, as I mentioned to you before we came on, I, I looked into sort of your story and what you're doing to help kind of prepare me with questions and things like that. And uh, the one video you have on your site, you, you talk about your story that you utilize your story to help others. Mm -hmm. And you say that it's a difficult story. It's difficult for you. It's difficult for you to mm -hmm. tell and to recall, but you do it because it's necessary in order to help people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing that story? Yes. So when I was a senior in high school, my boyfriend who I'd been dating off and on for about two years ended up in a crisis pregnancy. And he right away basically said he didn't want me to keep the baby. My best friend that I told said I shouldn't keep the baby. And I was scared and confused, normal emotions and feelings that any young girl would feel. And I ended up going through with the abortion, even though I had regret right away. A lot of, there are some women who don't, and maybe they won't have regret till years down the road. But I was given the RU486 pill which this was back in 1999, which it wasn't even FDA approved yet until 2001. So they were already giving this out to young okay. girls. Yeah. Um, I, did, I was very uneducated at that time. I didn't know about fetal development. I was about seven weeks along. And the nurse, when she gave me a sonogram said, oh, it's just the size of a pea, it's nothing. That's what she told me. Mm -hmm. And as a young girl, I'm just thinking, you just believe whatever a nurse and a doctor tell you. Right. But um, I went through some complications. If um, your listeners may not know um, what the RU486 pill does. And when you're in the abortion clinic, they give you one set of pills and those set of pills will end the pregnancy, meaning it blocks the hormone progesterone, the baby no longer receives blood flow or nourishment. And so the baby basically starves to death. Mm -hmm. And then 24 to 48 hours later, you take a second set of pills, which they say is in the comfort of your home. No one has to know. And that expels the baby. Obviously they don't use the term baby, mm -hmm. um, but I took those pills and they didn't work. And they had given me two sets of pills and although I took both and I thought maybe something had happened with the second ones, I didn't find out until two months later when I started hemorrhaging very severely while I was in school. So I basically probably could have died from that. I didn't tell my mom, even though she came up to pick me up early from school. Yeah. I kept it to myself. 
if anyone has seen Abby Johnson's movie Unplanned, it was very similar experience of how severe that um, procedure was. And so that definitely traumatized me. My boyfriend had already broken up with me months before, basically the day after we went mm. to the abortion clinic, which shows, you know, abortion takes the responsibility away from a guy being who he needs to be right. in the relationship. Long story short, um, obviously my life turns around about three years later, I become a believer and Jesus really transformed everything. My, my whole worldview, the way I looked at life. And obviously this was going to come up my abortion. It actually didn't come up till after about three years after I'd been a believer, because I was actually afraid to talk about it. And I was afraid to talk about it in the church because I wasn't really sure how they would accept it. And I had believed a lie that maybe they wouldn't forgive me mm -hmm. for it. So I kept that down for a while, but God is so good. He dismantled <laughs> that lie. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, what I love about the Lord is that he doesn't waste anything either. Mm -hmm. And I ended up working for a crisis pregnancy center. That's where I began my healing. That's where I went through post-abortion counseling. I went through Forgiven and Set Free, which is a 12-week Bible study by Linda Cochran that really showed me my sin, showed me what I did, showed me through scripture, how God views life in the womb, mm -hmm. Psalm 139. And so I would share my story in the classroom. And I would talk to these young kids about saving sex for marriage and how I was waiting and I was starting over and how I didn't know who I would marry, but I wanted to love him now based on how I was living out my life long before I meet him. Because yeah. a lot of kids aren't hearing that perspective that you can love someone now with your actions. You don't have to wait until you're at the altar. So little do I know, someone had been looking for me for about two years. And he was looking for me because similar to me, God had grabbed a hold of his heart. And God really pressed on his heart, you need to go back to the girl that you had that abortion with, and you need to apologize to her. And you need to apologize to her face to face. So it had been almost 10 years. So the same boy I had the abortion with comes back almost 10 years later to apologize to me for walking out of that relationship. And I'll never forget him saying to me, it was easier to break up with you than have to admit that we ended the life of our child. And so for me, it made me realize, oh, okay, it, this abortion does not just affect women. Mm -hmm. It does affect men. It might look a little bit different, but it does affect them too. And that less than a year later, he was the one who put an engagement ring on my finger. And now we've been married for over 11 years and God has blessed us with four living children. And we were able to honor our unborn baby at our wedding. We just had a little shadow box made with, I had a, a memorial service for the baby and it was the program in there. And it had a little willow doll that's holding a balloon that said hope. And it had our flower in there. And then we lit an extra candle and it, it was written at the bottom of our program that we were lighting an extra candle to acknowledge the life of our unborn. 
baby. So. Wow. I, I did not expect <laughs> that ending. I'll, I'll be honest. I, right? for those listening, I mean, I went on, I've been researching, you know, just to understand you and I did not know that ending mm-hmm. and wow, that is awesome. That is really, really yeah. cool. So, um, so wow, he married that. That is so his journey. I mean, he's got a story too, right? I mean, yes. just you know what was going ten years. You said. I mean, there was something going mm-hmm. on for ten years, and yeah. um, that is really cool to see that um, that how things turned out. Wow, that is that is really yeah. awesome. I thought your story couldn't get any better, and then you start going down <laughs> this road, and I'm going, no way, no way, really. Um, yeah. So so you use so you use that experience you know, cause I, and we were all young ones. We've all done stupid things, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of the severity and we all need to right. uh, seek forgiveness and the like. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's great that you're helping out, you know, younger people who just don't know any better yeah. and unfortunately aren't being counseled uh, like, like you are counseling them um, in your, your video you, you, one of the kind of themes or things you say is, um, as individuals, our sole desire in life is to be loved. Mm -hmm. Do you think people, specifically young people, but I guess lots of everybody, do they realize that? Or are they seeking something else? Yeah, I don't know if they realize it. Because I think when you're younger, you're trying to figure out the world around you. And this is why my husband and I try to be very intentional with our kids of explaining what love is and what it's not. And a lot of kids aren't growing up with their kid, with their parents being so intentional. And so they're seeking out love from every kind of place, because this is how God has designed us. But if we don't know who God is, we're searching for everything else to try to fill that gap. Mm -hmm. And so we're searching through it through relationships or, you know, drugs or whatever feels good, but love is difficult. It doesn't always feel good. Sometimes love is a choice. And I don't think we prepare them when they're young, but you know, sometimes it's not going to feel good Mm -hmm. to love and you're going to have to make difficult choices because right now I feel like it's all about a feeling. Mm -hmm. If if it makes you feel good and it's very selfish and self-centered, where I would tell teenagers all the time, true love sets itself aside to do what's best for the other person, not in an abusive way, but just you're thinking about the other person. Mm -hmm. And I said, in regards to a relationship, I'm saying, if this isn't the person you're going to marry, don't take something from them that doesn't belong to you in the first place. Mm -hmm. And you're loving your future spouse by protecting yourself and that other person um, as well. And that's not difficult. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do because, yeah. you know, especially with waiting, if it was easy, everyone would be waiting. <laughs> right, right, right. It's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's, I think it's hard. And I don't know if you talk about this, especially when you're talking to a young audience with, um, with what would especially young people face in society. And I certainly remember being young and, and mm-hmm. everywhere you turn, every television program, movie, music uh, mm-hmm. is, is, you know, is taking them in the wrong direction. And, right. you know, what I could recall is being good isn't cool, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's easy, you know, you, you want to be like, how, how do you talk to uh, young people 
uh, in regards mm-hmm. to what the culture is showing us? Well, I speak at it in a way of they have an agenda. They don't mm-hmm. care about you. They're making money. Sex sells. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm coming in here and talking to you, not because I'm making billions of dollars. I'm doing it because I want you to think for yourself. I'm not dumbing things down. I'm not, and we have, we live in a culture that's over-sexualizing them and saying, you know, pretty much degrading them and saying, you're not going to think for yourself. So this is probably what you're going to do anyway. And what I say to them is I'm holding the standard up higher because you deserve that. You're worth that. And and being honest, it's not going, if you're walking in a crowd, would it be easier to walk with them or turn around and walk against them? It's going to be harder to walk against them. And it's, that's how it's going to feel Mm -hmm. if you choose to live this out and preparing them honestly this isn't, I know this seems like your whole world right now, but we know because we're older (laughs) Mm -hmm. that you're not going to care about all of this when Mm -hmm. you're in your twenties and your thirties, you're not going, this is such a shaping time for who you're becoming right now. Don't let society take that from you. Mm -hmm. Think for you. It's teaching them to think before they act and not just make decisions based on how they feel in the moment. Um, which is something that needs to be instilled in them constantly. And right now they're just being taught, feel and act, feel and act. (laughs) Don't think about anything else. So it's trying to dismantle all those lies for them. And it's incredible. They want to hear that. You'd think they, you know, you always get the few that want to buck the system of like what you're saying. But most of them are like putty in your hand because they're longing for bound. Kids want boundaries. Mm-hmm. They want that. And when they have someone who's not trying to take something from them or, you know, manipulate them, that right. they can tell when you're being authentic for them. And I mean, you have the whole entire room. They're longing for that. Yeah. So. Um, no, that's great. It, it actually kind of reminds me of how sometimes we as parents, we, we tell our kids things. And of course they don't listen, but hearing it from someone else, else. you know, it's always, um, as my daughter actually was sneaking in and (laughs) I kicked her out and she's rolling her eyes at me saying that she's a teenager. Um, um, so I think it's great when you have, you know, cause as we don't have a lot of great role models and especially Mm -hmm. the youth, our role models Mm -hmm. are the athletes and the musicians. And, um, I mean, I could mm-hmm. probably count on one hand the positive role models <laughs> in that group. Um, something yeah. you you also said uh, is that I thought was really great is you said truth will, will remain true regardless of how we feel. Um, tell me about that. Like, like how did you wh- how did you kind of h- how does that shape you in that you know mm-hmm. truth doesn't change doesn't matter how you right. feel or what the times say or quite frankly mm-hmm. if the supreme court says something is okay right right it doesn't change yeah because we live in a culture that says and, and i can't stand this lie what is your truth yeah. no there's not your you have a truth and i have a truth there is the truth two plus two will always be four i don't care if you mm-hmm. feel like it's five there are some things that will always be true and when i'm talking about relationships to them i'm saying yes sex feels good but what is true is that sex is incredibly powerful and it always has the power to create life always has the power to potentially cause death um you know 
any kind of disease that could lead to death. So you can't just make a decision how you feel in the moment, expect no, no, none of the consequences to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue is they think, oh, this isn't going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. Well, if you thought before you acted, instead of just thought about the feeling, you would be making different decisions. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what I'm saying about the truth is that there are going to be people that say, feel your way through life. And then there's going to be people that say, think on what is true and don't just think about it, but base your actions off of what is true, mm -hmm. not a feeling because feelings change yeah. all the time. Truth doesn't. Truth is solid. So yeah. I think we have to go back to that because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, love is a, a an action. It's not a feeling. Um, my wife mm -hmm. says that uh, and it's true, but it doesn't seem that way. Right. <laughs> Especially when yeah, we're, we're young. <laughs> so you, you had mentioned, if I want to go back a little bit before we uh, finish up, as you, you had said that mm -hmm. uh, maybe what is it, maybe about six years after um, you know, the story began, you um, found Jesus or what mm -hmm. was your, how, how did that occur? Was it, was there someone in your life um, what, what, were you from a religious family to begin with? Like, what was it like for you? Well, I grew up going to church here and there, but it was never consistent. So I knew about God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, I just knew things about him. Uh, but a friend actually invited me to a popular ministry on a lot of college campuses called Campus Crusade for Christ. And I just happened to go and I just, I don't know. I, I think the Lord is always pursuing our hearts and he knew how unhappy I was. He knew my life was in a disarray. Just like I had no idea what I was doing. And you feel like in college, you should know what you're doing mm -hmm. and where you're headed. And I had no clue. And I just remember going back to my dorm room that night and bawling my eyes out because I kind of felt like they had something that I didn't have and I wanted it. And I just remember saying some like, almost like save me. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and mm -hmm. I need help kind of prayer, yeah. <laughs> like childlike prayer. And I tell people all the time, I believe that was the time God came and rescued me from myself. Mm -hmm. And I say that intentionally because not all my circumstances outside of me didn't necessarily change. I needed to change. And I believe God began to do that. And I started surrounding myself with people who loved him. And I say this to my kids all the time, who you surround yourself with tells a lot about who you are. So choose your friends wisely. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I began to do. And I began to grow in my faith. And, you know, when you walk with the Lord, he just opens more and more doors and, you know, I just trusted him to do what he needed to do in my life. And it's where I'm at now. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a very cool life and you're doing really, yeah. really cool things. So um, <laughs> do me a favor and, and tell everybody listening uh, how and where they can find more, they can find more of you. And if, mm -hmm. uh, if interested, uh, they could uh, have you speak to their group, mm -hmm. whatever that group might be. And, and even, virtually, right? It's easy enough to do these yeah. days, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, tell us how we can find you. Yeah, you can find me for speaking. Um, you can book me on my website at tonymcfadden.com and that's Tony with an I, mm -hmm. not a Y. Yep. <laughs> and I speak at youth groups, churches, uh, women's groups, 
conferences, anything like that. And I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, Tony McFadden 12. And I'm on Facebook at Tony McFadden. Okay, excellent. Please look for, um, for Tony. Again, Tony with an I and uh, TonyMcFadden.com. On the front of your, I'll finish with what's on the front of your website is uh, you have a quote that says, I do not mind sharing where my mistakes have led me especially if it helps someone else not to take the same path. So uh, that's a great saying and um, it's a great message that you have and your, your hair looks a little different on the website here too. It does. It does. <laughs> I switch it up a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, so yeah, so I highly recommend uh, checking out Tony's website. And if you have a, an organization, even if it's a small youth group or something um, to, to invite Tony to speak, uh, the topic is, is excellent. It's very well presented. And, um, Tony, thanks a ton for being here. Uh, my, uh, if, I don't know if you looked into it much, but, or anything, but, uh, fides is, uh, Latin for faith, knowledge, and truth. And so, um, that's the only thing I'm going to discuss on this program. And, um, so everything that you just talked about is meets all three of those criteria faith, um, truth. And what did I say? I already forgot Thank knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. You remember, <laughs> um, it's hard under the, under lights and, uh, and no. on the spot, but, but Tony, thanks so much again, Thank Tony, you. I you can find her. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much.